there was a conversation I had with someone at, at, my, at my church in, in Texas. We were out for a run, and after the run, uh, when we were both kind of tired, he, he kind of turns to me. And, and mind you, I was the youth pastor. I was the youth pastor and the English ministry intern. I wasn't the, the head guy. I wasn't even the guy that, that had a lot of authority and power. I was just his friend. And, and so basically, uh, we, were, we were running, we, we stopped, and he turns to me and he says, can I confess something to you? I'm like, dude, we're not Catholic. Like, you, you can tell me whatever. I'm your friend. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm just me. And, and he turns to me and he says, I don't tithe to our church. And I'm like, so? Like, what's the, what's the big deal? He's like, no, no, no. Like, really, it's been eating at me and I don't, I don't tithe. And I was like, man, like, thanks for sharing. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll pray for you. I pray that God, God speaks to you. And he goes like, but, you know, as a pastor, what do you think what do you think about that? Like, what do you think about how much I should be giving? What do you think I should be doing? And I was like, I was like, man, it's, that's between you and God. Like, you need to be praying about this. And again, mind you, I'm, I'm the youth pastor. I'm, I'm the intern. I'm just the guy that's, that's just working at the church. And, and he's, he's bearing this, this burden before me. And so as we keep our conversation, he explains, him and his wife were very powerful. I mean, not powerful necessarily. You're young. But they were making lots of money. They were making good money. And he was basically saying, like, um, as they look at their finances, as they were sitting down to do their budget, like they weren't even giving close to 10%. They were giving far less than that. And he was starting to feel guilty. He was starting to feel this, this burden on him. And I was like, man, just, just pray about it and, and really see how God leads your heart in how much you're supposed to give. And, and he was so wrapped around just the fact that he wasn't doing what he felt like he needed to be doing. He, he wasn't hitting this, this, this percentage, this number and that's what I want to talk about with y'all today. That's what I want to talk about you for the next couple of weeks. Is, is this feeling of guilt and shame that comes across when we talk about how much we give to the church. And this feeling that we're not ever meeting the expectations of God. That we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing and therefore we either need to be fearful or we actually go down a road of unbelief. That we begin to think, okay, I'm not giving and God's not smiting me down. He's not killing me like he did with Ananias and Sapphira. And so therefore, you know, God must not exist. Or you go on the other, other senses like I'm not supposed to do what I'm doing and that's why I'm not receiving the blessings that I'm, I'm in my life because I'm not as generous as I need to be. Today we're going to go over something that Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount. It's the best sermon that's ever been preached. But the, the, the way that this sermon works is that it's so jam-packed with, with the way in which we're supposed to live. The way in which Christ followers, people that, that believe in Christ, are supposed to live their lives. Jesus uses his entire sermon to go point by point by saying this is how it looks like. This is what life is supposed to be. And, and if you want to follow me, this is how you're supposed to follow Jesus. And instead of giving you a whole sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, I will eventually one of these days because it, again, is the best sermon and it requires and it, we need to take our attention to it. I want to focus on, on a specific passage and it's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 21. And it's on the screen behind me. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So I'm going to do a little, something a little different. I'm going to explain to you how this was taught to me when I was growing up. How, how this, this passage was interpreted for me when I was in middle school, when I was in high school, when I was in college. How this was explained. And, and, and again, the way that I, I, I want to share this with you, I want to explain to you, this is not what I want you to know, but this is just giving you background on, on even how I approached this text. The way I was taught this was, was, was this. It's bad if you're rich. It's bad if you have a savings account. It's bad if you have retirement because you are storing up for yourselves earthly treasures. And, and, and so in order for you to be holy, in order for you to be, be right before God, you need to give up everything you have and go on missions. You need to live a life devoted to ministry. You need to live a life, essentially, of poverty. You need to make sure that you don't have more than your neighbor. You need to make sure that, that if you do have more than your neighbor, that you give it away quickly, immediately. Because you should not for, store up for yourselves treasures here on earth. Instead, you should be doing good works. Do good things because those are the things that are stored up in heaven. That's how I was taught about this. And, and, and what I realized that that teaching did in me, and I think it actually has happened in many of us, is that there's this underlying guilt that happens. Because the world tells us, the world explains to us, like, yeah, work hard, make money, live a good life. And so we, we take that and then we, we hear this and we're like, oh, how, like, I don't want to store up for myself treasures on earth, but the world, that's all the world is shoving down my throat. The world is just telling me to make money and be successful. How can I synthesize that? And, and, and basically the way it's synthesized, the way those two worlds collide is by making you feel so guilty for having nice things, make you feel so guilty for having a bank account. I, I remember even in seminary, and, and this happens many times, um, when, when, when seminary students gather together for coffee, there's, there's these conversations that, that arise up. And I remember one of the conversations was, is it biblical to have a savings account? And it's so funny because you have all these poor guys that, that are, are struggling through, through, through school and, and paying off all the school debt and all that stuff. And we're like, you know what? It probably isn't that biblical to have a savings account because think of Jesus. Like he didn't have a savings account. It didn't really matter at the end of the day um, to, to have for yourself stored up treasures on this earth. But the interesting thing is, even if I talk to those friends now, um, again, the worry is money still. The worry is, is like, it's like, oh man, I need to get a better job because I'm not, I'm not able to provide for my family. That, that it's, 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 we talk about just like the plight of pastors and, and just the, the lack of these things. And so I realized something that even when I was taught this by these pastors, who again, aren't bad people by any means, that it's skewed. It's twisted a little bit. And, and it's, it's not intentionally twisted, but it's, it's, it's twisted in a way to make you feel guilty for having these earthly treasures. Okay, now let me explain to you how I read it now. Let me explain to you what I'm, what I'm seeing as the main point of this. Jesus' main point isn't that you don't have treasures. It's not that you don't have nice things that you enjoy 
that, that, see, the, the, the whole point of this, there's nowhere in this that says throw away your treasures. Give all your treasures away. He does that later. And again, I, I, I don't want us to throw uh, out all of theology. But looking specifically at this passage, this is a passage about where we put our treasure, where we place our treasure. And Jesus is saying, if you put your treasure in place A, it's going to rot away. It's going to go to zero. It's going to go bankrupt. It's going to disappear. It's going to be gone forever. But if you place it in this place, it's going to last forever. It's going to, to build up the kingdom of God. It is going to do something amazing. The book of Matthew focuses so much on the kingdom of God. And so Jesus is explaining how your treasures being stored in heaven into the kingdom of God will build up the kingdom of God. And it will have lasting impact. So the way I interpret it is this, is this way. Because again, it's not about throwing away, treasure, uh, throwing away treasure. It's about where you place your treasure. It's about investment. Where are you investing your treasure where are you putting it away see the first aspect is if you if you invest in the world if you invest on earth eventually it's going to disappear eventually it's going to get lost where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal if you invest your treasure into the earth you will inherently go bankrupt eventually because we all die because everyone dies, is that even if you have a huge savings account and you have a huge inheritance that you give on to your children, your children will die. And even if they save it up, even if they protect it, and they give it to their children, your grandchildren, your grandchildren will die. And it's an interesting statistic that I was reading. I, know I don't even have the exact numbers, but it was saying that when you have these incredibly wealthy people and they pass down their wealth down to their children, that within three or four generations, like 80% of the time, some, some, some crazy high number like that, all the wealth is gone. And so what I'm saying here and what Jesus is saying here is that if you store, lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, on earth, in, in worldly things, it is going to inherently, naturally go away. And this is where many people, this is where I, I, I learned, okay, then therefore I need to put it in heaven, but heaven is an unreal place. It's not here on this earth. And so therefore I can't have any, any possessions here on earth. That's not what this is saying. See, when it says, but store, lay up for your treasures in heaven, the way I'm interpreting that today is a biblical way, is a biblical one, and it goes over the entire focus of Matthew, and that is the kingdom of God. Store up, for your, store up for yourselves, lay up for yourselves treasures in the kingdom of God, in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. The reason why I like I, I, the idea of investing into heaven is because it's not about throwing away your money. It's about placing your money in a position, in a situation where it's going to make the most impact. It's going to play a role in expanding the kingdom of God and expanding his rule and his reign here on earth. Whereas when we use our money for the things of the world, 
what we're doing is we're expanding the rule and reign of Satan. And I think this is where we begin to, to, to cut through the fog. Is, is your money being used in a way that is propping up the kingdom of Satan? Or is your money being used in a way to prop up the kingdom of God? And so this is where I can honestly tell you what I told my friend in Texas. See, what he was saying to me when he was sharing with me that he didn't tithe, he, he was admitting to me that he was giving to other organizations. He was giving to other nonprofits. And he was saying the reason why it's so hard for him to give 10% to the church was because it's so much money. Because, I mean, again, he wasn't bragging. He was just talking to me as a friend. He was saying it's so much money, and, and I don't feel right giving it all, all the, of my tithe to the church. And so I give to other organizations, other foundations. And I was like, that's great, man. That's wonderful. That's awesome. Like you're, you're giving unto the Lord. You're giving it just, just to different organizations. But what I really wanted to focus on, and I think if I was able to talk to him even today, and again, I'm still friends with him, so we do still talk about this. The reason why he felt like he didn't want to give to the church the whole amount is because it, deep down he felt that the church wasn't handling his finances in the correct way. He felt that money was being was being put to waste. And so therefore, it was much easier for him to give to other organizations because he believed in their cause. He believed in what they were doing. Church, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I commend you. I, I encourage you to give to as many organizations as possible. I commend you and encourage you to give outside of our church. But what I do want to talk about is when we look at our community. When we look at our church, if there's a part of you that's like, I, I don't want to give to LCC because I don't think we use our finances in the correct way. I don't think our vision is right. I don't think where we're going is healthy. I would say this. Don't give. Don't give. And I know that's, again, this is where it's become so hard. Don't give. If you don't believe in what we're doing here, if you don't believe in how we're using our finances, I, I, I beg you not to give. But I, I ask you another thing. Help me. Help our leaders. Help us to see what we're doing wrong. Help us to see how we're mismanaging our finances, how we're not using the treasures these treasures, how we're using it for the earth, for the kingdom of Satan rather than the kingdom of God. I want to be as transparent with you as possible when it comes to finances. That is why we have General Assembly meetings with the entire budget laid out because we want every line item to say it's going to the kingdom of God. It's going for a good purpose. And we want to be more transparent than any nonprofit organization out there in the world. And again, this doesn't mean don't give to them. What I'm saying is if you don't believe in what we're doing, don't give to our church. But if anything, come on leadership. Come on board. Help, help me. 
And I want you to see and you to understand that instead of you just complaining and sitting in your, in your chairs and before you give to the church to say, I, you know what, this is too much money. I, I, I don't want to give to this community. They're just going to use it in the wrong way. This is an open invitation for you to come and speak with me, for you to come into our leadership rooms, to speak at general assemblies when we do our budgets because our goal is as a church to store our treasures not in the LCC bank account. But our, our goal is to use the finances that we have to build up the kingdom of God. And, and again, again, this is, this is why this whole series is going to be kind of awkward for me, but it's not at the same time. But this even goes to my salary. And it's funny because if you are a member here, if you, even if you just were there for the General Assembly, you know exactly what my salary is. And the thing is this, is that we can take two approaches and you could say, he doesn't deserve that money. And I agree with you. But the thing is this, because it's my calling and this is what God has called me to do, to preach the gospel to the whole world. I want to preach to as many people as I can that regardless if I, if I got a salary or not, I would do what God calls me to do. But if you believe in the messages that I bring to you, if you want me to have a platform to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible, then support the ministry. Partner with us. Partner with us so that we can do what we need to do. You know, I'm trying to raise my family. And this isn't a soapbox. I'm not standing up here to, to get you to, to open up your wallets more. That's not what I'm saying. So I'm saying so many times we don't believe in the church. We don't believe in the message of the church. And so it's so hard for us to give to the church. I understand that. So I don't want to guilt you into giving. I don't want to guilt you into giving a certain number. And that's why as your pastor, I'm never going to tell you how much you need to give. I, I, I don't even look. That's not, that's not even in my realm of knowledge of who gives what. I don't, I don't care. What I do care about, though, is that you are allowing God to redeem your finances. You are allowing God to redeem the money that you are earning. And that your money isn't being put into a place where moth and rust destroy or thieves break in and steal, but because your money is being used in a way to build up the kingdom of God, that you know it's doing something good. Even now, I know there's people that are kind of like tight because their hearts are, are, are coming closed because there's so much guilt that is attached to this topic. But let me explain one more thing about treasure. So I didn't use this in the first service, but I'll, I'll share this with you. When, when Grace and I got married, um, being Korean or being Asian, um, a lot of the gifts from the older people were, was just straight up cash. And so I, I always remember, it was, we were in our, our, our hotel room after the wedding, and we had all, like someone gave us a box of all the envelopes, like not even gifts, all the envelopes, and it was like, we opened it up, it was just cash, 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 cash. And, and, and basically we had this, this, this huge stack of cash, and it was like, what do we do with this? Like, like what, what, how, like how are we supposed to operate with, with this amount of money? And, and let, me put, let me put it this way. We did not go to the bank feeling guilty. 
We didn't go to the bank to store our money feeling guilty. We didn't, when we put that money into investments for, for our future, we didn't feel guilty. No, we felt excited. We were excited about our future. We were excited about what God was going to do. We were excited about how God was going to use this crazy amount of money and because we were storing it away. See, I think as Christians, as believers, as a church, many times when we talk about storing away money in the kingdom of God, there's this guilt. Oh, I got to store this with, with God. I got to write this check out to the church. Oh, terrible. I got to give money to the church. Oh, it's just going to be wasted away. It's going to be destroyed. You know, I could be going on vacation with this money. Oh, I could be buying a boat with this money. I could be going on a ski trip with this money, but no, I got to give it to the church. Jesus in this passage is saying the exact opposite. What he's saying is those ski trips are going to be forgotten. That boat is going to rust away. Those vacations won't be that restful. And yeah, they may be good, but they'll eventually be wiped away. But when you store up for yourselves treasures in the kingdom of God, they'll last for eternity. Again, I want to prove my point. It's not about giving to this church. Please, this is not me telling you to give more here. If this means, if this is all this is convicting you is that you buy lunch for a coworker who doesn't know who God is, specifically for the goal of sharing the gospel with them, use your money to win them to Christ. Not that money will win them to Christ, but use your money to position yourself to attract them, <coughs> to attract them to the gospel. Finally, the, 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 the way that I, I understand this is like this. Many times we think so, so clearly when it comes to finances in the worldly sense. But we don't see it the same way when it comes to acts of service. Let me put it this way. Is, is when it comes to acts of service, uh, many times we, we look at, as Christians, when we go out and do things at St. Anna's or Christ's body and we do good things, we know inherently, that it makes us feel good. We, we like how it feels. We like how it, it, it gives us perspective. When I go on missions uh, in, in, other, in other countries, you come back home and you feel so thankful and appreciative for what you have. And that absolutely goes for acts of service. But let me guarantee you something. <clears throat> when it comes to your finances, God wants you to feel the same way. That when you store up for yourselves treasures in the kingdom, that he wants you to feel excited about that promotion. He wants you to feel excited that you got a raise. Not so that you can invest more in the kingdom of this world, but that you could do that much more for the kingdom of God. I recently watched um, a music video, um, and it was, it was by Drake. I don't know if you know who Drake is. You're, you're good church people. Um, but it was, it was by Drake, and the, and the song is called God's Plan. And it's funny, the way that it, it starts is like this. Um, the budget for the, the music video was a million dollars. And that's not that unnormal for a, a rapping music video. And Drake is multimillionaire, so it, again, it's just pennies to him, pretty much. But the way the music video starts is it says, is that, is that nine, $900,999 of uh, uh, 9000 or just basically all million dollars was going to be given away. And they're like, please don't tell the label. But again, the label knows and everyone's good. So the whole music video is about Drake just giving away money. 
And, and the song's title is God's Plan. And it's, it's so interesting. He even goes into a grocery store and he has a megaphone and he tells all these impoverished people, like, whatever you want in the store today is free. Like, you can just buy, like, just fill up your carts, I'll pay for it. And, and he goes to other people, he gives them these stacks of cash. And he, just, he just gives these people money and he's like, you know what, just, just give them back to the community. And reading the message boards, reading all that stuff, everyone's like, man, good on Drake. Like, he's a multimillionaire, but it's good. Like, oh, it's, this is so wholesome. It's funny how we look at people like that in the world, and we look at, man, that's so good. And I'm like, I, I want to give props to Drake. That's so, that's so cool. But we look at ourselves in our communities, and we're like, because I'm not a multimillionaire, I'm not able to do what he did. I'm not able to do and have as much impact as he did. But this is the beauty about community. This is the beauty about being a body together. In the United States alone, there are millions of Christians. Millions. Again, I don't know the exact number. I think it's very hard to tell how many Christians there are. But, but it reminds me when I was a child, my parents would give me one dollar. They would give me one crisp, straight from the bank dollar to give into offering. And even as a child, I kind of knew this isn't that much. Like, it's just a dollar. But I, I think about it, even to this day. If every believer in the United States gave one dollar, we would easily be able to top Drake. We would easily be able to do something more impressive, more, more, more lavish, more, more extravagant than even this guy, this multimillionaire rapper, because of the numbers that we have. So when it comes to our church, we're not in the millions, we're not even in the hundreds, but with the, the, un, the unity of our, of our congregation, if we all understand where we're going, Even a small offering is one that can go further and farther together than alone. Church, as we, again, this is kind of just an introductory sermon to my thoughts on giving, my thoughts on generosity, and my thoughts on, on this whole thing. And I, again, I, I'll explain to you very clearly. This is not a, a, a campaign to, to get LCC more money. No, this is not it. This is for your benefit. I want to see your treasure be stored in a place where Satan cannot steal it. I don't want to see your joy being put in a place where it's going to diminish. I want to see your life become alive.